Welcome, thinkers, to Season 4, Episode 23 of Thinking Critically. And apologies for the first time ever in the four seasons, full history of the show, I missed last episode. I didn't have anything in the can, and life just ran away from me, and we totally missed a week of episodes. So apologies. To be brutally honest with you, this episode has been a bit of a, <laughs> a, bit of a squeeze to get out. So I hope you appreciate it and enjoy it, and the topic couldn't have been more appropriate. <laughs> As usual, this is also a video podcast, so if you're listening on Spotify, you can bring up the screen and, and take a look and see my beautiful face, or on YouTube, obviously. And also, I'm trying something a bit new with this episode, is a poll. So for those listeners on Spotify, there's a poll somewhere. Again, to be frank, I haven't used a poll myself uh, with a podcast episode, so we're going completely off the tracks with this one. Uh, but basically, I'm very undecided about the moustache. Very off topic. I know. Apologies. Such is life. I don't know. I'm torn. One day I'll wake up and go, oh God, I hate it. Get rid of it. The next day I'll wake up and go, that's smart. And I'm really torn. So it's a poll on Spotify. Click, vote, however it works. I don't know. Or feel free to comment on YouTube videos or comment on the website or whatever it may be, let me know. Otherwise, let's go on with the show. And today I'm joined by Harry Cowdery, who is a 10-year veteran of D&D, longer than me, so I'm very much looking forward to learning some some tidbits here. Also, long-time listener of the show, yeah. definitely on the podium of you know top three fans, uh, and has also recently taken me under his wing for Warhammer 40k, my yeah. extra new hobby on top. So yes, welcome to the show, Harry. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself? That's okay. Well, and I'm very welcome to be here. I'm, like I said, long-term listener. I'm absolutely been listening for quite some time. So I'm finally glad to be on the show. But to cut a long story short, you know, I, uh, like you said, I've been playing D&D since I was 18. I'm now, well, I'm 29 now. But uh, yeah, so it's been a long time. Um, I've DM'd most of my D&D career. Outside of D&D, you know, I'm a student nurse. So, um, and that's played a lot into what's i suppose today's topic really so yeah thank you for that segue here yeah i thought i'll flip <laughs> it back to you yeah yeah that's ex expertly flipped uh so talking of that today's topic is burnout so what does that mean to you in the DD and wider TTRPG framework so to me burnout is one big thing burnout as a whole is for me especially is lack of drive and lack of you can't get that creativity or that energy you once had or the motivation you once had. So for me, especially, I've suffered from burnout and I am still suffering from especially D&D burnout. Um, mm. And as much as I try to get back into DMing, I sit down that one session and we'll be five minutes in and I can feel that feeling of, you know, I don't want to be doing this or I have not prepared enough or am I doing something wrong? Are my players going to enjoy what I've prepared? So mm. to me, in the TTG RPG and D&D mm. community, that is burnout or what 
DM burnout, as I, as it's probably more commonly known as. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I've obviously, and, and I, again, full, I think I was going to say full disclosure, like I'm giving some big reveal, like, oh, I too have suffered from it. But I think pretty much everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> in fact, every DM I know and all the games I've played with have all been like, I'm going to take a break for a month mm-hmm. and we're just not going to play. I'm not going to talk about it. And that's fine. So it's not it's not some big super secret club that I'm a part yeah. of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making myself sound like I'm a part of. But um what I was getting at is that often it, it is that like I let me take a step away from the table, but I like how your approach is or your, your kind of vector on this discussion so far is that anxiety at the table mm-hmm. almost. Which I guess I would I would say is like the initial maybe the initial stages, maybe your early warning signs, would yeah, you say, I of would... when you have those feelings of like, oh God, this this session's gonna be terrible because yeah. my mind's just not in it. It's probably your first red flag to say, whoops, maybe you wanna not run next week's session. <laughs> Definitely. So one thing I have I've suffered with DM burnout for a very long time and I'm what everybody calls a forever DM. So mm-hmm. as much, don't get me wrong, I love Dungeons and Dragons and I love tabletop RPGs. I absolutely love them. And what my frustration is, is that I still love playing D&D. Like there is not a moment where I don't enjoy having my friends around the table, rolling some dice, creating stories. My issue is when I'm the one having to manage all of that and plan all of that. Now, I like I said, I love Dungeons and Dragons. The issue is, and especially when it comes to burnout, is when you've planned everything and you've got that anxiety, like you said, you know, you've got all your encounters planned. You've got, okay, they're fighting a bunch of red wizards. They're going to go in and charge Mm -hmm. in and do something like that. And when you've planned something and the players are are, seem to be engaged or they're not engaging, it's like, have I done something wrong? Am I trying to get you back on track? Am I just, am I too, am I holding on to you too much? Should I give you more freedom? Mm. And it's trying to encourage them, or as a, as a DM, it's trying to encourage a player to engage in your story so you're in having fun as well as them. And mm. it's when you get to a point of, especially 10 years now, I know there's DMs that go on for lot, way longer than I have. You've use up all your ideas and it's you're trying to create something when you've got no juice left Mm. so one thing i struggle with is when i'm writing a story or when i'm saying doing one of the standard wizards of the coast storybooks when i've got my story or the pre-planned story in front of me how do i act out that character or how do i put my own twist on things so the so the story isn't so uh linear or the story isn't Mm. so black and white what about yourself have you ever count like because from your podcast you've had some amazing guests and some you know <laughs> amazing stories so what about yourself uh, well we, we we would have touched on it in the show in the past mm. uh in in we i think we've had episodes and all sorts of stuff for me personally and here's here's a question that i'm going to come back to around to you on is as my dm my campaign is all fully homebrew the weird the weirdest thing that i found and the, the reason why I'm talking about this is there's a direct correlation between what I'm about to describe and the burnout that I've experienced is that it's proper rubber bandy. It's proper springy. Yeah. So there'll be periods of like, shit, I need to do like a lot. I need to design four floor dungeons, encounter like seven encounters 
make it all congruent, make it all make sense in the universe. Uh, we need this and then that can happen. And then this, that, and the other. And then obviously, obviously as the trope would be correct in that they never hit that, or it takes them 10 yep. more sessions to hit it before I do. And then I've got nothing to do. And I just like, I've done basically no prep for the last maybe three months because I kind of had this one in the books for ages and had nothing to do because they're going through it at a pretty typical pace for them which is to say slow yeah those who listen to the stream will know that the last two sessions i figured they would that would be the end of that chapter uh and it has not been the case (laughs) so the title is like updating i'm like really struggling to find a title for the session because i'm like you really should be there by now i can't i can't think of any more synonyms for like where you're at in the in the story so in those periods it's a piece of cake because i'm like it's about as close as you can get to emulating being a player because there's very little upfront stuff you have to do. And I can just like eat dinner, run upstairs and be like, okay, cool. I'm the third one here. And yeah, we ready to go. Okay, let's go. And that's it. And open up my one note and bish bash bosh. It's there. Contrast with like ending a, a, a an arc and going mm. into a new chapter or starting from scratch. It's like, oh God, I've got, it's that blank page that blank page writing where they always say for writers, the advice for writers is always like get some words down because it's much easier to continue when you have, hello, my name is Bob on the page than it is a completely blank page. page. But obviously you, you start like that with like, what's the enemy? Uh, don't know, dragon. And like, (laughs) so I, I find that my burnout obviously as I said, correlates with those periods of hyperactivity versus inactivity. So at the moment, I'm very fortunate. As I said, I can genuinely look forward to <laughs> to sessions without having that pit of mm. anxiety of, oh God, have I done too much or too little? There's always a flicker. There's always, am I in the right headspace? Am I, you know, not tired enough? Am I gonna, you know, be able to improvise what they they come up with and luckily with you know the decent group of players that yeah. i have it's and we're all on the same page it all kind of makes my life easier now in the past i think what exacerbates dm burnout is when your players uh maybe not as what's that what's the politically correct term engaged enthused, enthused yes, is probably enthused. something I'll, yeah enthused and and it's something we've talked about several times on the show before, and I really, I still like to talk about it and bring it up because it is unique to, obviously it's not completely unique to D&D, but I can't think of any other hobby that I've done in the past, any other social activity where people can have such vast different reasons for sitting at the table or for doing an activity. Yeah. So like if you're sitting with your mates and you're playing Overwatch, for example, you all kind of want to win. The, the fight yes some of you are having a few beers at the same time and like chatting away and others are like making shots and c- yeah. calling shots and you know defend b and that but broadly you want to win exactly the yeah. match yeah. You're, you're, you're there you're playing the same game it's all very constrained likewise with you know 40k or warhammer or something mm-hmm. you and your opponent you're there to play a very regimented game like you'd absolutely want to win Yes, you might be there because something to do on a Wednesday night, but you're still like yeah. going going through the very similar yeah. motions. No one's there just for for fun, like I don't for know, fun. I'm, I'm a, yeah, yeah, but we're all there for fun. Whereas, but... yeah, indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, but a couple of my players, like one guy uh, who I've mentioned several times before, he 
for him, or at least in the past, maybe less so now, for him it was very much was like a social thing. And you could swap out D&D for literally any other social event and he would have been happy days. Like, in fact, he's asked us when we've missed sessions to be like, oh, do you want to go longboarding instead? That's how vast a gulf it mm. was between him and like D&D was incidental. Yeah. Sitting down and rolling dice and playing his character was incidental to, I want to chat to my friends for a bit. And I had other players who were like, no, I've been waiting two weeks for this session because I really want to find out what happened and I want to use this new spell and I've leveled up and I've got this feat to use and this, that and the other. And that's why I love this discussion and talking about that kind of stuff because that is it, it boggles my mind how those two people can some still how still somehow come together and have the same i have <laughs> actually been in your exact same spot so many times <laughs> so exactly like i think at one point i had a table so i, I was doing horde of the dragon queen and to mm. this day i still will say it was my favorite campaign to run it was a wizards of the coast standard adventure i think it was one of their first ones they ever did for fifth edition and i know everybody it gets a lot of bad rep for being oh it was poorly written they could have done this blah 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 the first book they're going to make mistakes but for the here mm. and now i will say it was my favorite campaign to run i had so many my players like you said at that point when i was running it they we all came around that table to do one thing play D. &D. And mm. it was my, f that was probably like maybe five, six years ago now. And I was probably in the prime of my DM career. And wow. yeah, I like, I absolutely loved DMing. I, well, yeah, I would, I would say I love DMing more then than I would say I enjoy it now or I just do it because no one else wants to. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like I was saying, I at one point I had about not eight or nine people around my table to play D and D and to play the adventure, mm. and I was writing these big long week. Like I would come home from work and I would spend my evenings writing the next chapter of the book out, or writing the next set of encounters, or yep. I would be discussing with my players throughout the day. Right, your character's leveling up. What spells can they use? You know, and they were like, "Can I do X, Y, and Z?" At level three, no, you cannot have five attacks. <laughs> but, you know, wait until you're like level 15, then, yeah, maybe we can have this chat again. And, yeah. you know, um, it was such a good, in my experience anyway, it was such a good time to be, to, to run the campaign. And my character, my characters, my players, sorry, all came around for that, for that reason, to play D&D. &D. Now, as I think, you know, five or six years ago, we were a lot younger then. We had a lot more free time. Yeah. And I think as we've aged... And some players have drifted off, you know, I've got a few new ones in their replacement, you know, life and the relationship between my, I say my players, they were my friends. They still are my friends, you know. Yes. Yeah. My first and foremost. First of all, <laughs> they are my friends, not my players. But, you know, the relationship, some of the relationships between my friends strained, you know, and it caused that tension at the table, which I think affected how, especially me, it affected how I've DM because it's like, right, I can't have you at the table anymore or I can't have both two players at the table anymore because I felt like their relationship as individuals would affect the way the game was played. Mm. And my table has never really been ultra roleplay heavy. I've tried to encourage it. You know, I'm, I as a DM are quite roleplay heavy because I like the idea, you know, every NPC is different. Yes. Every character is different. So why would you not have a funny accent on one NPC and a normal and a not so funny accent on another NPC? Mm -hmm. And going back to the relationship of my my players and why I'm in the situation 
I'm in now and many other people find themselves in now is as a DM, I think the relationship you have with your table is very much like a human body. As the DM, you are the brain of that of, of the table. You know, you're the eyes and ears, you are the five senses of the human body. You know, mm. you're every trap you're every trap the players spring, you're every sound, every smell, every sight they see. The players are the rest of the organs. They make the game happen. Mm -hmm. But you, as the DM, you help guide them through life. You help make sure that all, everything works. Bringing my nursing background into this now. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I was going to say, you're showing off now. Yeah, showing off now. So, uh, anyway, back to burnout. So, as, like I was saying, and as as DM, you're making sure your players are having fun. You know, I my table has always been fair. I've I've always enjoyed a serious campaign. So. My, mm -hmm. my tables have always had sort of a, either a heavy political theme or a heavy, dark, sinister theme. But that's because the, that's, that's what I enjoy, DMing. And my players seem to enjoy that as well. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep going back each week. Yes. <laughs> so I enjoy a good, serious campaign. And mm -hmm. it's not for everybody, and I understand that. It's not for everybody. And writing those big, dark, sinister scenes where you've got the arch enemy or, and you finally get you finally get to their lair and you're having this big standoff and your players overcome them. Or uh, in my case, when I was told, when I was asked, you know, do you mind switching DMs? And I jumped at that opportunity. I shot myself in the foot by having the big bad kill everybody off in oh. like the first few turns. <laughs> and I was like, and every, I th one of the things I think leads to my burnout is probably that scene because I often replay that scene in my head and it is kind of like a guilt thing for me mm. because when you're DMing for so long and you've done all this work, you've done all this effort and it's nice for the players to overcome that. But selfishly, and I, I, I'll admit it, I was, I, I was probably a selfish DM at that time mm -hmm. or at that moment at least. I had the big bad win because I was like, actually, the players could overcome this and all the work they were leading to had kind of put it in a 50-50 scenario that the players could win or the big bad could win. But mm -hmm. as a DM, like I said, you're the brains of the operation. And after DMing for this point five or six years, I was already suffering. Jeez. Yeah, I was already suffering from, I'd say, the early signs of burnout. Like, I couldn't create anymore. I felt like the creative flow had left. And I wanted to play D&D. I just didn't want to run D and D, mm -hmm. and it was like, okay, I want to be—I want to be the person that springs the trap. I want to be the person that causes the shenanigans. Yes. I want to have the argument with a barkeep because he won't offer me a, a five <laughs> copper discount on a drink that cost me four, six copper. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's trivi trivial, yeah, matter, of trivia. Trivial, but I, I wanted <laughs> to be that player. I didn't want to be the that DM, and yeah. we had a lovely DM who came after me and I was so engrossed in his campaign as a character. Mm. And, but the other players were so used to how I DM'd and the style of my DM DMing that they couldn't get on with him. All right. It was a real shame because I, I'll still say this to his face now that you, as a player, you were one of my favorite DMs and it was a real shame that the rest of them couldn't, they would, they were so heavily, in my opinion, they were disinterested because they were so used to how I ran things and they were so used to the rulings that I would say, I'm a big fan of the rule of cool. If something's cool, all the rules go out the window. 
So if mm-hmm. you if you wanted to cast two spells, which I know in, in, in especially if we're talking about Dungeons uh, Fifth Edition, action yeah. economy, yeah, action economy, <laughs> you're triggering me. Yeah, if you wanted to cast two spells, but you done it in a way that was cinematically really cool, then I'd be like, do you know what? Fine, do it. But you know. <laughs> That's fifty percent of the listeners throffing at their, yeah. at their mouth now. Fifty yeah. percent of your listeners going, right? I've had enough. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but you know, I'm a big fan, like I said, big fan of rule of cool trumps all. Where the DM after me was very much, uh, as I like to say, a stickler for the rules, and that's fine. That was completely fine. But I I enjoyed that because it, you know, it limited. I say limited. It didn't. It didn't limit it, limit the flow of things. It made sure mechanically and cinematically the game worked but so mm. but so, so many people used to my my rule breaking <laughs> at the table they were like no i've had enough it's not fun anymore and i oh blimey yeah and i was like that's not right but i did eventually take over as dm again but we ran a different campaign and i think from that point i think burnout had was that's it and it's like that today i struggle to come up with scenarios that are interesting i think uh, there are there is the odd session where it's like oh my god harry's got his flow back it's going to be a really good session next week and it's like no we're back to this dreary old we're going (laughs) through the icewind dale we're doing this we're picking up this yeah and it's like i can't i just can't i don't Mm. know how to finish that sentence it's like i'm trying (laughs) my best to make this fun but i'm not having fun and if i'm not having fun as dm and I'm it not. Shows. It shows, and it affects. You know, it, it's it's like an infection. If it's if it's showing on your face, it's going to show on other people's face. Yeah. One thing I always found is if a player is disinterested, they'll pick up their phone and they'll scroll through Facebook or they'll scroll through something, mm. and it's like if I can see that, other people can see that, and they are going to assume that's okay to do. And one thing at my my table now, I often see players do that. And it used to really phase me, but it, it doesn't anymore. And it's like, you know, we're just five or six people around the table now. And it's like, yeah, what's that's just, yeah. No, yeah, no one's doing it to be, well, uh, probably to be ma- like malicious. Well, like, well, it's just totally habit understand. for a lot of people. <laughs> it's just habit of like, oh, I've yeah. got my D&D beyond my thing up. Oh, let's just do this and let's yeah. do this. But, and that's probably another symptom of my burnout is when I can see players disinterested, I mm. then become disinterested as well. Yeah, which, which is brings us back. Well done again yeah, uh, to that, the, the lack of the enthusiasm the on of some enthusiasm. players. Which is, yeah, which originally, when I was describing that player earlier on, who was like, oh, were we playing tonight? I'm halfway up a mountain. And we'd go, okay, well, I guess you're not. That, a bit like you just described, used to be like, okay, well, he doesn't care and he's wasting my time and this that and the other but then after several prayers to myself to say that again like you said they keep coming back like that yeah. that is a not insignificant amount of time to waste quote unquote so then mu- he must be getting value from it yeah so that's all that that's the bare minute like you're happy you're done you're done like that's happy days mm-hmm. <laughs> they're, they're happy to spend four hours with you that's more than I can say about most other people in the world. So, <laughs> unless they're being paid, <laughs> so that's yeah, indeed. Yeah, yeah unless they're being <laughs> so, paid, you know, that's quids in. Yeah. Um, 
but there's 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 a couple of things there you you mentioned that I wanted to to loop back on mm-hmm. about the how you were, your your analogy for like DM is the brain and the people the organs and stuff. And I think one major contributing factor to potentially to burnout is the responsibility. I know people say a DM is a player too. Yes, absolutely true. I agree. Hundred percent. There agree. is significant, substantial differences. Like there, there, there is. They are not the same. They are there, interacting with a framework, but in vastly different ways. And one has more responsibility than the others. I know that there's a lot of people out there that will say, "Nope, players' responsibility to, you know, to not be dickheads and to make sure everyone's having a good time." Yes, both of those things are true. But the na- like, you remove the DM and the wheels fall off of that, that is- session. Yes. That's why you can get away with Jaegering one of the players for one session if they can't make it. You rarely can get away with the <laughs> without the DM. And I think that's the you know the, the, that's that inherent difference and that responsibility weighs. One thing I go to is you always see memes on the internet of oh buy your DM a drink next time you see them or buy your DM snacks they'll mm. love you forever. There's a reason those memes exist because the DM has the additional responsibilities. So everything you've said is mm. 100% tre- is true. Yes, the players do have a responsibility. Have the respons- In my opinion, players have the responsibility to know what their character does. They need to manage their own characters like XP and things like that. The DM mm-hmm. tells you how much you have. It's your responsibility to make sure it's correct. And ultimately, mm-hmm. not, be, not be a dick at the table. If you're going to be a dick at the table, the DM then the responsibility falls back to the DM to tell you to shut up, to tell you, right. Yes, and, and you're right, yeah. yeah it's the, it falls back on the DM to say, no, head's back in the game, or you're free to leave, you know? Yeah. And everybody expects the DM to have everything planned and ready for that session. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, that's the job of the DM, to have your session planned out. That's the additional responsibility a player does not have. A player turns up to be a part of the adventure and that is great and that's what we want we want players to be engaged in the adventure but if you have a dm who isn't enthused to be a dm or is stuck in a position where no one else wants to be dm and it falls on them to then create everything when they have nothing to create or they've got nothing left to create or feel like they can't contribute in a creative way that you as a player can enjoy, then we we have burnout. We mm-hmm. have burnout and we have nothing like it say to say I use the term we have nothing to give incredibly lightly, because yes. obviously we have something to give, but the responsibility of a DM is so much more than a player. And as a forever mm-hmm. DM, I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> and I I don't want to get like the, the tiny violins out. For yeah, us, I know. Course, like, although, I, but... <laughs> I, I'm kind of feeling I'm going to have to get a tiny violin and go, oh, boo-hoo. But, you know, <laughs> I say all of this, you know, like slapstick comedy, you know, like I said at the beginning, I love D&D and it, I love yeah. tabletop RPGs and there's nothing that will take my enjoyment away from it. Um, I just find that there needs to be a... Players need to be run their own campaigns. I think if you've been a player for so long, and I think it's a lot of apprehension on the player's side as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's a lot of, oh, the DM has to do X, Y, and Z. Yes, but 
I think every player should be a DM and every DM yeah. should be a player. Yeah. There should never be a forever DM or a forever player. You know, if you yes. find yourself in that situation, which is very, I say it's very sad. I'm in that situation, <laughs> you know, and it's a situation where I think a player, and I think some players get the apprehension of, Oh, I don't know if I'll be that good. Or I don't know, you know, DMing is all about how you feel. It's all about yeah. your own style. No one wants to copy anybody else. Okay, yeah, you can look up examples. There are great DMs out there that you can pick up examples and tips for. You know, I, a lot when I first DM'd, I suffered massively from the Mercer effect. Massively mm-hmm. from the Mercer effect. And I was like, you know, I'm never going to be him. I'm not him. So why try to DM like him? Let me do my own thing. Yeah. And I quickly gathered and I quickly picked up my own way of doing things. And I was like, mm-hmm. do you know what? I actually prefer the way I've done it to try and copy someone else who, you know, for someone who's an actor and someone who, <laughs> who isn't an actor, you know, yeah. there's a massive, massive difference or a massive gap I'm trying to try and create. And I think most DMs, especially in the last 10 years, any new DMs that have tried to be or tried not to copy Matthew Mercer or any other famous DM would probably yes. be being a little bit lying to themselves. You know, yeah. I think we've all tried it. <laughs> or at least try to dabble in it you know i was uh, i was gonna say you need, you need to be uh have my level of arrogance because then you completely sidestep it because you just think you're the best anyway so it's fine <laughs> you know if and that's okay if you can do that then that's okay <laughs> but i think a lot of us yeah a lot of i think a lot of us fall into that category especially in the last 10 years and i think there's a lot of outside influence you know, that's what you need as a DM. You need a lot of outside influence to fuel your creativity, to fuel, mm-hmm. fuel your games. But turning it back to burnout is when you've lost that interest in, I say lost interest, you know, you've got that disassociation with wanting to be a DM or wanting to write the stories yeah. or wanting to be the one that's, you know, oh, right, okay, my encounter, you're in a forest there's goblins or you know fight the goblins fight the goblins yeah it's it it's a it's kind of a self it's like a a spiral spiral. i want to avoid too many allegories to like mental health issues but they are somewhat related about to say you burnout and burnout from mental health issues are two different things you know and that's one thing to to you know to have someone who's suffering from a mental health burnout is completely different from DM burnout. And mm-hmm. I, I think yes, it's yes. very good that you actually brought that up. Yeah. But the, it's, the, the spiral is similar in that, like if you lose that, but like, I felt it before I've been like, Oh God, I got to go upstairs and perform for four hours. And then it, it makes you, well, certainly in my case, you, you feel that regret and not, not self-loathing is too strong a word, but like, Oh God, I should like, why am I not enjoying this? Yeah. Like I need, this is a fun thing. And why am I now not enjoying it? And not being able to answer that question is the, the problem. <laughs> that's, I think that's where the, where the two cross, I think, especially mm-hmm. when you get the anxiety of, Oh, I'm at the table with five to six other people or even more or less. I don't want to do this. You know, that is where yes. the, uh, there's a lot of crossover, Yeah, but you know, you're still take with DM burnout, especially when you're, you're finding that lack of interest or lack of desire to do something that you used to find really fun. And Mm. there's so much additional outside factors that carry into DM burnout or burnout in general. And, Mm. you know, our personal lives do come into that a lot. 
So if you've had a bad day at work or you've had a bad day just in general or you're going through a tough time, that's where the similarities and the lines cross because yeah. if you're getting dis- disinterested in stuff like everyday life that you normally find enjoyable, then you're going to find you're not going to want to DM because you found that used to be something you enjoyed. You're not going to... You're not going to get the same thing that you once had. And I say, like, my thing mainly from burnout is my, I find, I find, I can't find my lack of creativity anymore. I find like I've done it too long. Like, I, I don't have anything more I can give as a DM. But I <laughs> yeah. want to say that, like, I want to make my players happy and I want to see them smile. Like, I can, yep. like, and I can flick back through memories in my head of when. I've had players at the edge of the table, hands like scraping <laughs> in the table, go, what's next? What's next? And I've closed the book and said, it's right. It's almost 11 o'clock sessions over. You'll find out next week. And <laughs> I want to relive that, but I yes. find as we've gotten older and as my table, as my players and friend group ultimately has shrunk between the relationship between my friends and different players and life outside, DM burnout, affects all of that and especially when you're playing with such a closely knit group of friends that all enjoy D&D and when you have players that don't get on it affects you as the DM because you're like because you're saying right I can't have these two players in the same room because everybody feels that tension like I was going back to earlier and as DM you're like if these two individuals in real life not going to talk to each other Mm. now i'm going to force them to have their characters do it yeah and it's like (laughs) that's that's effectively what i'm doing because you can't because when does the disassociation between is a game and real life stop Mm -hmm. and it's like another responsibility another responsibility as dm is to walk that line is to walk the line (laughs) of where does reality i say reality yeah it is effective where does reality stop and where does the game begin or end like yep. and if i've got two people at the table that don't that don't like each other for xyz reason but their characters are best friends or their characters get along yeah i can't have them sat talking to one <laughs> of each other like they're best friends because they actively despise each other in real life <laughs> <laughs> One uh, one funny anecdote on that that I want to bring in uh, about that that blurring of lines between the reality and the fantasy is we we just recorded uh, Dungeons Dungeons Dudes episode on the Sunday just, just very nice we're talking now and um, one of the players' backstories is a page and a half and is he has just gone all in like it's convoluted mm-hmm. right it, it is I don't want to I'm not gonna no spoilers, please, because I want to. I want to watch that when it comes. <laughs> I'm going to listen to that. There's no airs or graces. It is. It is convoluted. I think he lost himself halfway through writing it. To be honest, and I think he'll admit that as well. The rest of ours are interesting but concise. Mm-hmm. I think it's fair to say. And in game, there are events tying into his backstory, and our characters in game are like, okay, so who are these people again, and why are they hunting you, and what's happening here, and so what do you want to get out of this? And they're, they're trying to understand it. And he's, oh, I haven't told you everything. And maybe there's more to learn and this, that, and the other. We went to a break 
15 minute break in the in the stream and in the episode and i was like right so what is happening like i don't understand like i can't play the game anymore because <laughs> i am totally fucking lost <laughs> dude you gotta help me out here who are the bad are they bad guys or are they good guys because i don't know <laughs> and that like both you know art imitates life my character yeah. was completely confused because i was completely confused but it made <laughs> sense and that was nice it, it, the line the parallel lines met and converged yeah. for a, a beautiful moment of like what is happening because mm. i don't know <laughs> that's that's also such a good role play there like as as a fan <laughs> of the show and you know that's such a good like I'm confused in real life. I'm also confused in game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, you got, you got to help me yeah. out. Let me, at least give me some bits. So when we go back, I can assume we've talked about this in character at yeah. some point. But then I know I can make decisions a bit better than just it's got. I don't know anymore. Yeah. It got to the point where we were just like, you make all the decisions because none of us really know which way to go. <laughs> just tell us who we're fighting. That's it. Just tell us yeah. who we're fighting. Yes, uh, and we went around the houses of where we were going to go and what the next steps were, bish bash bosh, but uh, it, it got resolved in the end. But um, one of the things that I, I, I thought of a little while ago when we were talking about, there's this irony there in that player and DM divide of there, there are there, there are players that exist out there that do, for lack of a better term, take the DM position for granted. I've certainly played with them in the past. Thankfully, none in my current games, full disclaimer. But they, they, they definitely exist out there. And the irony is, is that if like you said, if they were to be asked to step up and DM, they wouldn't want to because they'd be scared about what it entails. Yeah. <laughs> There's like a level of cognitive dissonance there to be like, so you, you do know <laughs> what what's going yeah. on here <laughs> and that's why you don't want to do it. I, I've always said, and I, say, and I have said this to all of my players, DMing isn't hard, but I've been mm. doing it for 10 years. They've never done it. And it's like, DMing isn't hard as long as you believe in the story that you have created or that you're following you i say you plan but you don't i i often find plans go out the window and so mm. i rarely i i structure a campaign in which that i have all my encounters planned i have an overall yep. arc of where the players start where they need to end up and what happens in between is up to them Mm-hmm. Which is, I think, all all D and D adventures as as a whole, ultimately. And I think players that are forever players are just a little bit anxious in themselves that they don't yeah. want to have, they don't want that. They want to experience everything and they want to do everything as a player, which is great. The feeling as a DM is so, in my opinion, so much more because you're watching everything happen. It's like you're yeah. you're watching a TV series or you're watching some a film because you're watching these characters engage or you're watching these characters fight a dragon. And if you've got an imagination like mine, you can actually see it happening as their characters, how they've described themselves and what they mm. what they're going on. If you've got like the three D, if you've got three D printed miniatures or you've got the three D scenery, that's just a little bit of fun for the players, in my opinion. Because mm. I love all the scenery and things you get for D and D and other sort of RPGs, which helps with the players that they're imagining it. So if you you're like a, a halfling barbarian ripped to ripped, <laughs> yeah, rip, rip, absolutely ripped to shreds, and you've got a big great yeah. a halfling sized great axe, you know, and if it helps with you getting that mini on, and it helps you imagine what's going on, that's brilliant. But you know, it all goes back to the fact that your responsibility as a player is so much less and mm. 
I don't I and take like you said, players take that for granted. I think a lot of players, if they think about it, they actually sit down and have a conversation with themselves and go, Do you know what I don't actually realise what goes into D and D or what goes into this session or what the DM has planned for this session. I think players would be a little bit shocked into what yeah. some DMs actually do. You know, it could be the small things of so I I love tea staining. So what I used to do is I'd tea stain documents and hand yeah. them into that. And that's a small thing. But, you know, once you've written out or you've typed out this huge letter in character or NPC character and you've handed it to the player or you've bought all the additional supplies to, like, wax seals and everything mm-hmm. to make the players feel more engaged or to make sure your players feel like this world is real or this world has something to offer. And I think players... Some players, especially, don't see that or they don't realize that mm. DMs put a lot of effort into their games. And Certainly. yeah, and I have I have been that person to T State. I've been the person to wax seal. I've been the yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I've been the person to not so much these days, but especially back in the sort of highlight of my DM career, I've been the person to buy all the minis, to buy all the scenery, to buy everything, and. Tiny violins again, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that was all for me. Like I wasn't doing it for my players. I was doing that for me because I enjoyed it. And my players, as much as they enjoyed it as well, they didn't take on the they didn't take on the fact that a all of this is my time and effort that I'm putting in to make sure you guys have fun. And I wasn't realizing as I was halfway through doing stuff, I wasn't enjoying it. I was like, why am I doing mm-hmm. this? You know. It's a piece of paper. They're just going to bin it, or it's going to end up yeah. in the back of the D and D box. Yeah. What does this mean? Nothing. Not important. <laughs> it was like I've put time and effort into that, and they didn't seem to value it. Now, I might have taken that completely out of context. They might have loved it and gone, "Oh, this has been the yes. highlight of my thing." So, I think another thing in burnout and what DMs need to realize as well is that never take your players for granted as well. DMs, you know. Yeah. yeah okay, you may be suffering from burnout, like, say, the pair of us are, but your players do value you, and they do Mm. value a lot of the stuff you do. And it's just, like I said, about players having a sit-down conversation with themselves, DMs, you need to have a sit-down conversation with yourselves and realise that this adventure you've made is brilliant. Your players bring this adventure to life. Indeed, Your players are engaging... reacting and re and engaging with your world this is something you've mm. made so your players can enjoy and love and do whatever they want in it yeah and that that's one that's one of the reasons why i love the hobby mm. as a whole and uh, why I, I extol its virtues especially in a younger setting I've, I've had episodes on education and all that kind of stuff where it is it does help because it teaches everybody even me in my adult life you, you still learn that like everybody is this sounds so reductive everybody is different of course everybody is different but but the way they show that appreciation to, to some you know to one person them going oh cool it's like wow their top level of appreciation they never say that to anything but to you it's like oh wow they were so dismissive yeah but that's that's you know that's why it's so important you know even as, as an adult person i still learn that as i said that guy that was up a mountain one time he's you know his appreciation is showing up and he's he now wants to build his own subclass and has asked me f- for help in, in designing a, a subclass oh, no based way. around his his character and what he wants to do and i'm like 
okay, I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> and that that's, you know, they, they, they show their appreciation in different ways because everybody is different. And that's why I like, you know, I, my heart feels when I see school kids, you know, at their after school clubs or whatever playing it. Cause I'm like, oh, they're learning like incredible skills that are just going <laughs> to just pay dividends the rest of their life. Cause I'm still learning those skills now and I'm finding it useful. Um, <laughs> One thing I'll say is, like I said at the beginning, I love Dungeons and Dragons. I love D&D. And nothing will take that away. While we're doing Burnout, while we're doing an episode covering Burnout, is that Burnout well, it affects all of us, especially DMs. It affects all of us in different ways, and it affects us in different time, span, time periods. Like you, you said, you were like a rubber band or a spring, I think it was. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have sessions where you were fully engaged, and you know it was amazing, and then you'd go periods where it was like, Mm, yeah not so much and like i said it was similar in my case where i now have like a block of creativity where i don't feel like i can give anything you know it could be different for another dm they could just feel like they've lost interest in because they're either doing it so long or some of their players are doing whatever and they're just not finding interest in the game anymore what we've ultimately got to realize is that even though Dungeons and Dragons has so much to offer, like you said, education has got so much to offer kids, so much to offer. One thing I found, and this is some further reading for some of your listeners, is that D&D can be played in prisons to help rehabilitate prisoners. And so mm-hmm. um, there was... I'll find the study for you and I'll send it to you. Uh, so some prisoners in America were playing Dungeons and Dragons. Bit of a bit, uh, totally off track, I know, but just for a side note, I'll be quick. But you know, they're playing Dungeons and Dragons in prison, and it ca- and the prisoners playing it realized that, and they came to terms with the crimes they had committed through the role play and through what the DM was doing. The DM was just another prisoner trying to have fun, you know. Mm-hmm. And what he was doing is he was helping people realize the error of their ways, and you know, he was helping people overcome. I'm not, these are people who have like, committed murder and they've done all sorts of horrible mm. crimes, but they have come to terms with the fact that, oh my God, I've done this, you know, and it, yeah. and it, it can be a way to rehabilitate. If that sounds something, you know, 20, 30 years ago during the satan- satanic panic, you know, mm-hmm. I think people were like summoning devils, you know, 20, 30 yeah. years <laughs> later, it's being used to rehabilitate prisoners. Mm. So, you know, it, it is a magical game and it's, can teach so much and it can give Mm. so much but it can only give what the dm and the players have to offer yes the the whole is greater than some of its parts in in this for sure yeah before before i ask you for your silver bullet uh and we touched on it earlier on but i wanted to go into a bit more detail is i think the one reason that i keep going with my 90 plus i think 97th session next week for my homebrew campaign of like five six years is because i have two very very solid games that i'm a player in with very very good groups and i think if i didn't have that i'm certain my campaign wouldn't have lasted yeah and it's it's such a it's a, such a weird release like i and until i sit down and think about it it never really occurred to me but it is such a weird release to be like and i've said i've been full disclosure with the, both dms i've said look this is my turn your brain off evening like i i'm coming just to just to be a player like i help with rules and stuff and i can't help it sometimes mm-hmm. but um <laughs> like i'm fully in, like invested your game is your game 
make any calling you want. I don't care. It's not like it's my night off from worrying about calling, making, you know, jurisdictions and all that kind of stuff. And that is such a great release to just be like, yeah, right. I am just one dude who is very, can be very two dimensional, but there are any RPG characters. So I'm not expecting bloody Romeo and Juliet. So that's fine. He's after his thing. He acts like a knob after time. Beautiful. That's what we like. We're having a laugh for the next five hours and then that's it. I'm done. And I don't have to be like, oh God, what have I got myself into? And what's happening next week and this, that, and the other. So for me, my silver bullet is pretty much a silver bullet for most people as far as I understand in find two other really good games (laughs) and then you'll be fine. (laughs) I realize like how much like gold dust they are and how rare that is uh, or can be for some people. I've just been very, very fortunate in uh, having found myself surrounded by very talented and uh, patient people sometimes. But but for yourself then what's your you know when you found yourselves in these these creative ruts when you've gone you tried to put pen to paper and nothing your hand doesn't want to move what have you found then to at least ease that mire the best thing that i found is very similar to you in fact so i i'm a big fan of jrpgs and i'm a big fan of like we mentioned, you know, I've taken you under the wing of Warhammer, you know, mm-hmm. and I have found since getting back into a different hobby, I have been able to DM a l- more effectively. And I feel that when I do DM, which is rare, rare now, my sessions are sort of few and far between, but when I do DM, I can get through them and I'm like, my players can have fun and I can see you know, when I'm at the DM screen or I'm at the DM screen, my players do have fun. And it's like, do you know what? If I can keep doing what I'm doing, taking the breaks, you know, it might be six weeks, it might be only a week. And getting people together again to have that shared experience of Dungeons & Dragons and having a good time makes me want to carry on DMing. It's hard Mm. because all I want to do is be a player. But (laughs) you know i very much will be a dm for these players as long as they keep coming back as long as they keep saying harry please do it come on let's do it and they Mm. appreciate the time that i give which i think they they all do and they all have said they do but they appreciate the breaks that i need to take to to make sure they have fun because at the end of the Mm. day we're all coming around the table to like from three to five hours in a shared experience and if we're not all Mm. having fun something's gone wrong and as dm going back to your responsibilities it's to make sure that you and your players are having fun Mm -hmm. and that's my silver bullet (laughs) yeah i I think i I find it hard to empathize sometimes with some games and some guests i've had on admittedly because the nature that they play is they're either pickup groups or they're remote and i I find it very hard to to jive with as all of my games are with people i know or now now know very well or didn't when we started perhaps like one of the guys in in the dungeons Dice and dudes campaign i'm I'm going to a stag in like eight weeks and i'd never met him before we started playing D. &D, so (laughs) i was gonna say one of my players is my best man or will be my best man at my wedding (laughs) and I knew him before we played D&D, but we had such a shared experience or shared interest in a lot of things. 
that D and D and D just grew us close. It was one of the things that drew us closer together, but it was one of the main things that we would always say on the way home from work or the way home from doing this, we'd be like, Oh yeah, what's happening this session? What's happening this week? And mm-hmm. I've got a blabber mouth. So whenever I was planning something and I was super excited, he'd be the first person I told. And he was like, why did he <laughs> tell me you've ruined it? <laughs> <laughs> that like, the curse of the DM. The curse of the yes. DM. And I was always excited. And because I, we used to live together as well. So it's like, do you know what? I can't, I cannot tell you because I'm just so excited. I have to tell someone, but Mm -hmm. you know, having a close knit friend group that also share your experience or share your interests that happily sit around the table with you to play one game is, Mm -hmm. is a, is a magical experience. And I think, you know, which is why I am suffering from DM burnout, but what keeps me going and what keeps me wanting to play Dungeons and Dragons is so I can share an experience with my close friends around the table and Mm. You know, we're all adults now and our schedules are all over the place, especially mine. I, I never know when I'm going to be working next. I work 12 hour shifts. Some of them work nine to five and have the weekends off. I don't have the weekends yeah. off, you know, so it's about getting people together. And when we do get them together as a DM, I want to make sure they're having fun. I want to make sure I'm having fun because I'm putting all the effort. Like, that's a lie. I'm not putting all the effort in. I'm putting in <laughs> and. I'm putting in the additional effort to make sure the campaign yeah. run, or the session runs smoothly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I think with that in mind, what you've just touched upon there, finally, from my point of view, I think in, in addition to obviously finding some like-minded individuals that a random pickup group may or may not lead to, scheduling, I think, has... I, I, was, I was telling a couple of other friends in the car the other night, they were asking, you know, how have you kept this game, these two games going on? for so long and honestly i think my life rolled a natural 20 in that my, my personal campaign that i run was every other tuesday and it's been like that for six years no no deviation mm. they on a saturday once because we were all free and we did it in person Ooh, otherwise nice. every every tuesday night yeah. yeah that was it was like oh exotic yeah. playing at the weekend how unusual i've got a that's like the time re- for why like, my brain the old 12 hour sessions that's what we <laughs> one thing i i kind of wish we were able to do still is have 12 hour sessions. I don't think I could be able to do it just sat down for 12 hours talking, but that's one thing, especially younger. Like if you ever get, when you have all the time in the world, world, when you're at college or uni or whatever, you can do all that. But Mm -hmm. scheduling is one thing. Yeah. And that's, so that, that really helped. And then the two games that I'm a player in as again, magically conveniently could only do like alternating Sundays. So when they were like, oh, we can do Sundays on, on the, the second game I was, I was going to be involved in, I was like, oh God, it's going to be the same one as the other game that can only do Sundays. Nope. Somehow turned out to be the opposite one. I was like, no perfect, way. lock it in, <laughs> lock it in now, because there's no way that's ever going to happen yeah. again. So it's like every Sunday I alternate as being a player and then every other Tuesday I'm a DM. And that's been this way now for, that, for that, those three, for like two years, uh, that somehow... I'm like, I don't like to think about it just in case it yeah. sh- shakes the the universe too much and it all crumbles down. I'm just like, yep, yeah, just keep... Because I know I know how hard it is to schedule. I know how difficult people find it. And people ask me, I'm like, somehow the two games I'm a player and didn't want to clash ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just beautiful how, how it worked out. That's what we love. That's what we like. <laughs> one, one final thing I wanted to mention is obviously we've talked a lot about DM burnout. But 
and perhaps we've alluded to it throughout the discussion, but I wanted to get your thoughts on perhaps maybe is is there an equivalent for players? And maybe that's what we've discussed in passing in like, oh, they've not been that enthused this week. Do you like I've, I've never really thought about it. This is completely off the cuff, but is that a symptom of players? You know, I'd, I'd like to think that's a, that's, really that's a symptom of player burnout. And if so, like, how does that manifest itself? Maybe because the spotlight is all on DM burnout. Yeah players becoming disinterested temporarily is is maybe not talked about that much or not thought about that much but presumably it's it's just as likely to happen and you know caused by very similar reasons i suppose yeah definitely i could 100 percent agree with you that like if you've got like i would say if you've got a campaign not campaign that runs too long but if you've got a scenario which is running too long like you've got two players having Mm. it like like i said my my sessions are never roleplay heavy but if you've got a session or particular characters that are having a a roleplay session and it's going on and on and on and on i could see a lot of players going if and it's happening frequently i could see players becoming disinterested because i don't want to know if two players are going to you know make out or you know two two characters you know or their relationship as as characters is forming deeper relationships i don't want to know that i'm here to slay dragons and kick ass yeah and if you're you as dm or you as a player aren't just sort of like hinting the dm to say like could you like speed it up it's been yeah. it's been an hour and we've got two hours left can you come on like i, mm. I want to fight something now i could definitely see players getting disinterested but that, that's to to jump in that's yeah. one of the shared responsibilities of players as well because oh. i often like to push that back to the players especially if it's two player characters yeah. obviously or even if it isn't it's, it's one player character in the dm it isn't just the dm's responsibility mm-hmm. i i feel it's very much within the players' wheelhouse to be like to have that awareness of like okay i'm taking the piss now i've been shopping for two hours mm-hmm. and like for inane mundane items that nobody really cares about like let's let's spin it up let me go shopping <laughs> to see where i can get the cheapest healing potion <laughs> yeah so, so now, now now i just use it to troll my dm because yeah. i'm like no I want to buy a chair. Yeah. Name every chair shop in the city now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh no, he hasn't prepared 50 different shops. So that's that, That's where that is in my line in the sand. So no, I, I, just, I just wanted to interrupt you there and just say that is, I, I think it's easy to be like, the DM should always manage, 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 manage. But in those cases, the player should definitely have an awareness and be like, look, is, I know yeah. Bob over there wants to smash the skull of a dragon in because he hasn't done it in the last four sessions. That's, that's kind of... You, you can still wrap it up within the realm of, of the game without it being too much of a rug pull. But yes, that, the, uh, that yeah, yeah, absolutely, there's, there is an element there. And I've had it with like one of my players, softly, softly, was like, let's get to some combat down low. We haven't had, like, I get it, I like it, I like the whimsy side of it, it's fun, it's funny, we have a laugh, but I've basically not rolled a dice for like three sessions. I'm like, yeah, I got you, don't worry, something will happen next time. And I kind of like those earnest discussions because that's like a valuable spoil. Yeah, so I've said definitely. to him, like, something will happen next time. And he that's increased his excitement rather than diminished it from me spoiling it. So that, that you know, that those those situations can, I guess you can help as a DM yeah. to to mitigate player burnout. But um, I, again, a hard thing for me to empathize on having been fortunate that my games have, they take breaks. There's, there's two of them. So I get to play very different characters yeah. so it's, it's kind of stopped me from from ever getting bored or feeling like i don't i don't want to play anymore thinking back i had this player right 
who always wanted to make a new character. And mm-hmm. whenever I play an RPG and I've got this trope that my friends always say, Harry, you'll get to level 10 in, say, Skyrim and make a new character because you're bored of it. <laughs> and he picked up on that. And so every sort of level he'd try and die so he could make a new character or he would go <laughs> or he would go oh i'm sick and tired of being a wizard i want to be a dwarf or i want to be a, a rogue yeah. dwarf now and i'm like oh my god now i can see why it's so frustrating for you guys when i say i've made a new character <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i could uh. yeah totally totally get that i i do see player burnout being a thing i don't I will probably do some further reading myself actually on player burnout because mm. I don't it if it is a thing which I I very much assume it is it isn't very widely covered or it's very much mm. dusted under the carpet so you've given myself given me some more homework so thank oh, thank you excellent. yeah thank you mission accomplished <laughs> uh well before we wrap up completely is there anything you wanted to talk about that we might have missed or not gotten to yet for the here and now no however I do want to mention to people you know in general if you've got dms suffering from burnout please 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 google is your friend just google sim i say google your symptoms never google your symptoms but (laughs) (laughs) google ways of coping on how to overcome dm burnout because there are plenty and plenty of resources out there you know avoid things on social media but you know reddit which is a chat forum you know Fill your boots. There are plenty of DMs all over the world that have suffered DM burnout. Me being one of them, I'll give you my Twitter, Dan, so you can put on a tag or something. Oh, you yeah. know. And if you if people want to reach out, if they ever want to mention about DM burnout, just hit me up and I will try and help in any way I can. Because as someone who has constantly been suffering from DM burnout, it's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> Or I'm sure if, if if anyone's looking for a player, I'm sure. Yeah, we'd be if happy anyone's to, looking uh... for a player, just just you know, give me a shout. I will drop everything except a Wednesday night. <laughs> except a Wednesday night, that's Warhammer night. Yeah. <laughs> and that shan't be moved. And that shall not be moved. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, the only thing left to say then is thank you ever so much, Harry, for joining us in today's discussion. And thank you for having me. I'm very. I can't. I'm looking forward to um, seeing this released as. I'm going for the number one fan spot. I do hope you know this. <laughs> you got well. There's, there's, some, there's some there's some stiff competition. Yeah. Well, I'm going so, for number we'll, one. We'll have to have some fan event. Yeah. And uh, you can all vie for my uh, appraisal. We will, <laughs> my dream has come true. Your dream has come true. I will get myself a thinking critically T-shirt. That is that is the prize. Like the one I'm do- donning right now for those watching on the video yeah. formats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Lovely. Well, again. Thanks, Harry. Thank you to everybody for listening below. Uh, As usual, uh, references and links uh, will be in the episode description. And please reach out to, yes, myself or Harry for any tips or thoughts or questions you might have. Otherwise, thank you all for listening and good night. Good night. Now it's time for the Patreon shout-outs. Huge thank you to all my patrons, starting with Josh, Lee Winika and Glenn, the three fabulous hosts of Tabletop Journeys who've been on the show several times before and who I'll always invite back. So go check out Tabletop Journeys at ttjourneys.com or at ttjourneys on Twitter. We also have Joe from the Fourth Leg podcast, a podcast all about giving DMs another leg to stand on. Again, 
previous guests of the show, and I'd thoroughly encourage you to go and check out their great content. So you can find them at The Fourth Leg on Twitter. We have a good friend of the show, Optional Rule. You can go and find him out on optionalrule.com or at Optional Rule, full of very insightful and educated comments and thoughts and threads on the really nitty gritty of D&D. And good friend of the show and one of my table mates, Matthew Street. Go and check out his partner's hustle at virtualtimehustle.com or at mpstreet88 on Twitter.